Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay, and I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. So wonderful to be in the studio. It is wonderful to be here. And in fact, big announcement, Hannah is now officially an American citizen. (laughs) I thought you were going to say we finally got the door on the studio. Well, we do finally have the door on the studio. Yeah. The door is on. Um, our studio is complete. Now, it could use some organization, but the studio is complete. We have a door. I just put Daisy to nap. Uh, it was intense. Uh, she wouldn't do it. Uh, I had to, th- I mean, I've threatened to spank her so many times that I don't even think she believes that it could happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, she's a sweet little girl with an attitude. She is so sweet. And it's like, you know, she just gets in there and she plays and she thinks it's cute. And it is cute. But I'm like, I need you to nap because it's good for you. If she doesn't nap right now, by the afternoon, I mean, she's wild and she's breaking down and she's crying about everything. And it's just, she becomes very emotional. Yeah. So Just like me without a nap. Yeah, and somebody asked us uh, in an email about potty training. They were like, I- "I'd love an update on how that's going." And I've, I don't know that I've ever failed in s- at something so hard in my life. Uh, I know I don't even want to talk about she's it. She's now completely back to diapers. Sure, they're pull ups, but she ain't pulling them up and down. <laughs> I mean, they're, <laughs> they're just easier to get on. Um, well, I blame you. I do blame you. Well, it's not my fault. I mean, you can blame whoever you'd like. Well, I I, I, I had not, it going on, and then I had the baby, and I relinquished, you know, Daisy to other caretakers. And people are waking her up, not making her sit on the potty. I'm not people blaming. People are just letting her run wild without taking her to the toilet. And it's like, you got to check in with this I'm girl. I'm not blaming you. Um, but every morning when I wake her up, I do make her sit on the potty. Yeah, but you've you've let her stay awake for for several hours before you make her do it. So she's already no, peed in her diaper, so she doesn't have to go. That's not true. Well, this is probably more of a discussion. Um, just, off just, podcast. but, but the, no, but no. The the way this conversation went really illustrates how potty training's going. Yeah, not well. Yep. And you know what? I'm fine with it. I personally, I think we're probably doing it a little too early. I know some people are like, oh, no, they're old enough. And maybe they are. But it's a little too early. We're going to get it. We're just going to take a step back and we'll dive back into it later. It's just yeah. one of those things. Yeah. We'll get Looking into forward it. to that. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun later. But yes, Who I knows? did become a citizen. Maybe we potty train uh, our two-year-old and our newborn at the same time. I mean... <sighs> But you know what? It's fine. We're having a good time out here. Hannah's a citizen now. I am. I'm back on the road uh, pretty much all the time. Uh, I, I This coming up weekend, I have one show on Saturday at uh, the Paramount Theater in Austin. And tickets are selling very well. It's a pretty ambitious uh, venture for me. Uh, it's a 1,200-seat theater that I'm doing. Almost 1,300 seats. Um, and you know, I'm pretty new to theaters. So 
Even the theaters that I have sold out so far uh, in Lexington and Atlanta were 800-seat theaters. So this is a good bit bigger. Uh, and I've never never really been to Austin much. I did the Paramount once uh, opening for Burt Kreischer. And then I did um, uh, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin. So I've not been there a lot. So I've not built up, you know, all these uh, fans by virtue of doing shows. So it's adventurous, but uh, it is selling well. I mean, there, it's like, it's a huge theater, but it's like the amount of tickets we've sold already is a great show. I mean, if, if, if it were, if the theater were the size of the tickets we had sold already, I'd be like, this is gonna be a hot show. And it's gonna be either way. But if you live in or around the area, get some tickets, because I don't know when I'll be back to that area. You know, I usually go to Dallas once a year, but Austin's pretty far from Dallas. I used to go to San Antonio regularly, and that's pretty close. But if you're in the area, check it out. I just got back from Toledo, Ohio. I had three shows there. I've been going there. You know, actually, a picture came up on my memories from this weekend, eight years ago, was my first time featuring at the Toledo Funny Bone. Wow. And I was back there now. But I've been going every year there for a while now. And I really like going there. The shows were great. A lot of fun. My friend that I started comedy with in Charleston, Derek Humphrey, uh, featured for me, and he's from Toledo. So a lot of his family and friends came out. He's so really, a roommate of mine. He was a roommate of yours. Yeah, you know, when I moved to New York, I moved to New York for one month. A lot of people at the time, especially back in Charleston, thought that I moved to New York and failed and came back. A month is not even long enough to fail. I rented, I, I still kept my apartment in Charleston. I didn't even get rid of it. I was like, I'm going to pay rent on this apartment in Charleston and I'm going to rent a, a bedroom in Derek's apartment for one month. And my goal was to hit one open mic every day, which to somebody that lives in New York, that's probably not even a big, somebody that lives in Nashville that's working real hard. That's probably not even that big of a deal. But to me at the time, it was impossible to do in Charleston. I could not do an open mic every day. So I wanted to do one. So I ended up doing like 47 open mics and shows in that month. And I did one every day and I kept a journal. Every day I wrote in the journal about my experience in New York. And that is when I met Hannah. I met Hey-o. Hannah during that time, and then Hannah ended up moving to uh, New York for a little while and lived in that room that I lived in with Derek. Yeah. So, uh, very exciting stuff, and uh, it was a lot of fun, um, and, uh, and now I'm back. Uh, I got back. I have a show tonight. This won't come out. This will probably come out on Thursday. We're recording on Tuesday. I have a show tonight at Zany's. Um, not even really worth mentioning because, uh, um, well, it'll already be done. And I think the show is about sold out if not already. So very exciting. And, uh, our niece has been here with us for almost a month. It'll be a, be a month for sure before she heads home. She's headed home this weekend, which will make us sad because it's been, um, well, we, we like having her around, but also she's been very helpful. Yeah. Well, that's why she came was to help. Right. But, you know, but we also, I don't, I don't want to say that we'll miss her just for the help. 
we like having her around, but she's very helpful. Oh, yeah, very helpful. Great personality, too. Yeah. So, and we've just been hanging. Yeah, we've been eating. We've been, we're both trying to lose weight. You know, I'm never, there's never, I'm ne- ever since I lost weight back in 2012, I've never, like, been, like, focusing on losing weight. Mainly because at least the last three years, I would always get some kind of weird sickness. <laughs> With my stomach to where I would go, oh, I'm just not eating. And then I would lose a bunch of weight. But now I feel pretty good. Like yeah. my body is, uh, praise the Lord, is is healed up. And I've just been able to eat. And I've also, you know, been able to find things that I can eat that don't affect me so bad. Like Dave's sprouted grains bread. If you're not in, if you have a hard time with bread, I recommend uh, finding real sourdough like from Whole Foods or from someplace like that, get a real sourdough bread or Dave's sprouted grain bread. You can find that at most any uh, uh, grocery store unless you, unless you live off in the country. Anytime I've been in a real country area and go to the grocery store, they never have the sprouted grains. They will have Dave's, but not the sprouted grains. But a lot of people will say that the problem with a lot of our wheat is that we're not supposed to eat wheat that's not sprouted. Or the sourdough has some kind of, um, I don't know, something in it to help you break down the bread. And it's great. I mean, I know a lot of people have bread problems, but I've heard of stories of people being able to eat bread in, or not be able to eat bread in America. And then they go to like Italy and they're just feasting on bread and pasta, and it's not bothering them. Mm-hmm. And then they come back here, and they start eating it, and it's bo- and it affects them. Well, you know there's something up with bread when it doesn't go moldy after four or five days. Real bread should be hard and pretty much inedible in less than a week. Yeah. But a lot of loaves of bread pre-cut that you're buying at the store these days, I mean, heck, they sit on the counter for weeks. It blows me away how many like real grown people, I don't even mean grown like my age, I mean grown like my parents' age, will just buy any old bread like it's just like bread's bread. Yeah. And it just is not. No, that's the truth. It is not. We're being lied to about dang near anything. I mean, you got us on a whole new toilet paper game. Well, I mean, this may be like TMI for people, but. Not not about me, but it's just a. I was watching a video, and a guy was talking about. Now I've heard various things. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a butt talk. Okay. Well, it is. Well, when you talk about toilet paper, what else are you going to talk about? And you know, over um, you know, throughout my life, I've heard stories of people doing drugs with their butt, right? And um, because apparently it's very, it's a, an absorbing tissue down there. Um, not toilet paper, your, your skin tissue is very absorbent. So they were saying, this guy was saying that a lot of our toilet papers, in fact, most of them, if it's not an organic toilet paper contains chemicals that once entered into your body, cannot leave your body. 
and that they're causing a lot of problems for people. Now, there's poisons coming at us from all over the place. Uh, every direction you look, there's poisons coming at us. So you never know, um, you know, there's never a way to pinpoint what's killing us, right? But like on the Nate Land podcast, I did the, uh, Brian Bates uh, made a comment. We were talking about microwaves and he goes, you know, he goes, we've been using these microwaves for, you know, 50 years or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, and we're healthier than ever, <laughs> right? It's like, that's the thing. My dad has said that to me about microwaves before too. And I go, I said to him, we just don't have enough time, you know, to know the negative effects. And he goes, well, they've been around all this time. And he was right. We, they have been around long enough for us to know the effects and look at us. We're not doing well. Right. And, but this tissue uh, so they say, you know, you're wiping with this, you're, you're essentially absorbing these chemicals and you got to get like an organic toilet paper or a bidet. Never in my life, I'm 41 years old, never in my life have I considered a bidet. But I watched this video and I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to tell what I was doing at the time, but I was sitting down looking at my phone and, uh, and I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, no. And and it's, you know, organic toilet paper. I, I bought, but I don't, I'm just afraid to wipe now because yeah. I'm like, so I bought this like bamboo toilet paper. I've not used it yet. And it's not cheap, but toilet paper in itself is not cheap. No. Uh, so I'm like, I'm just, I'm on the tip of like trying to do everything I can do to keep poisons from entering my body, you know? Uh, I've basically, I, I rarely eat candy. I rarely eat fast food. I rarely, I haven't really eaten out. My niece who's visiting us is gluten intolerant. And she, the whole time she's been here, she's not eaten out at a restaurant one time. We've just been buying groceries and eating at home. Now I do end up eating out because I'm on the road. Uh, she said she feels better than ever because she's not been eating out and been eating at home. And we try our best to buy good quality food. And it's not cheap to buy good quality food, but you know, it's like there's sacrifices that you make to ensure that you're living well. And we also grow some vegetables. We're not eating all things out of there, but when we make a salad, we cut down a stalk of lettuce, puts, and now we're running out of that, but we've been doing it for a while. Cut up some cucumbers, putting pick i'm making pickles it's i just like, had a smoothie today with our kale yeah it's like these things i won't say they're easy to grow i mean this is my third or fourth year growing things i guess it's my third year yeah and uh this is our best year yet the first year was pretty good the second year was pretty bad like i because I, I came into the second year cocky like mm -hmm. i got this mm -hmm. and then last year was like not very good but this year we came back with a bang. You know, it's kind of been a, a blessing, the, the health problems that you've had over the last couple of years, because it has sort of turned you on to this new approach to wellness and food that you may not have had if you were, you know, someone like me that can kind of just, or at least I feel like I can eat whatever and I don't get heartburn or tummy aches and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So it's been good. But yeah, it's like every time I turn around, like people always say this to me. Uh, they go, uh, well, they don't always say this to me, but people will say, oh, you just think everything's uh, wrong. Everything's poison. Every And it's like, yeah, yeah, I do. But it all is. 
in America, I think that that is a fairly true statement. It's coming at us from all directions. It's slow poison. If it was, you know, arsenic, obviously everyone would be knowing about it. Arsenic will just kill you right away. It's not arsenic. It's like slowly just dripping bad stuff into your system. I Unnatural I think Dead for the food. first time, Chemicals. like our life expectancy is actually lower. It's actually going down in America. Yeah. Um, and somebody did comment on the Nate Land podcast group and they said they were like looking and looking for another podcast to listen to. They're like still wanting to listen to Nate Land, but they're like, I want additional podcasts like this. And somebody mentioned mine and then they go, but we all know his podcast is not always light listening. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's true? Well, it is true. And it's like, I don't know what to talk about. I do a two hour podcast with Nate. So when I get on here, I'm like, well, this feels like a time to talk about some more serious stuff. And now we're having babies. I might as well change the podcast to we're having a baby time. Yeah, I was going to say you could rename this podcast The Law. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just think it's important. And um, somebody, people ask about this thing behind me, this picture behind me sometimes. People said, is that John Kerry? Uh, but John Kerry, good grief. But it's Steve Martin. It is Steve Martin. And, you know, maybe this podcast is not light listening, but you know what it is? It's authentic. Well, that's true. You know, we're just out here talking about life, right? And yeah. and we're trying to, like, you know, I put a, I don't know if these people are a listener of this podcast or the Nate Land podcast, but they, I had posted some bookshelves for my mom uh, on Facebook marketplace. I was trying to sell it for her and it's been up there for months. And finally someone reached out yesterday and they were like, we'd like, you know, basically we'd like to get these bookshelves and I go, okay, great. And it had been so long. They were like, they offered me less than what I was, I had listed it for. Uh, and they were like, I said, you know what? I said, I don't even, we, cause me and my mom put them on the front porch. I was like, I don't even know what kind of condition they're in. I said to them, I go, you go there. If you like it, you just take them, just take them. They just been sitting out there and I would just give my mom some money. I was like, I'm not even that worried about it. And then they get there and they're like, are they, are they on the front porch? And I call my mom and she goes, Oh no, I got rid of those. And I was just like, ah, oh, you you know, because I, it made me so mad, like not mad at my mom, but just the situation because I put myself in their shoes that I'm on Facebook marketplace a lot, always trying to buy things. We just bought a thing for our kitchen, like a, 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 a pantry, a pantry for the kitchen. And the type of stuff you get from people trying to uh, buy things. I mean, this one lady, this, it seemed like two old ladies selling a pantry. And I was like, can I, can I come get it? And they were like, yeah, you can come get it. And I was like, all right. I was like, can you help me load it? And they're like, we can't help you load it. We got back problems. I go, okay. So now I'm trying to find a person. So I find a person that can go with me. And then I go, all right, can I come? Can I come now? They go, oh, and this is like noon. They're like, oh no, we're not available until after five. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) And so then I was like, all right. And then the lady was like, are you still interested? And I'm like, I am, but I'm trying to find someone to help to make a 45 minute drive with me to pick up a shelf. And then later she messages me, I'm not available today. I fell down and I'm in the hospital. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, oh man, now I'm like worried about her. I don't even know this old lady. And I'm like, well, I hope you're doing well. Yeah. 
and then other people are just like, yeah, they're like, uh, one lady I messaged, I was like, hey, I'll come get it right now. She goes, well, I got somebody coming. If they don't come, I'll let you know. And then the next day she goes, they didn't come. You still want it? And I'm like, I was giving you right now before. And I'm like, nah, now I don't need it. Yeah. So I'm just putting myself in their shoes of like, I can't imagine me driving all the way to, to the house and then them being like, oh, sorry, I got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be losing it. Yeah. I'd be losing it. Yeah. But, you know, it's off your mom's porch now, which is the end result we wanted. Talk to us about your um, your ceremony of becoming an American. Well, I brought a whole crew. I brought your mom. I brought our two children. And I brought two of my friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get there. It's hot. We park. You know, it's right downtown. I didn't know what to expect, but we're in a courtroom. And uh, first, I have to go in and line up with all the other applicants. And there's 60 of us. I had no idea so many people were being naturalized. And apparently, they do this every single day, Monday to Friday. So, a lot of people immigrating. And, um, gosh, that took forever. It was hot, even in the courtroom. We're all just standing in line. Um you know, they, they messed up my name. They messed up my, my maiden name. Oh, yeah. What did they do with that? Well, they just, they th- they said my maiden name was Slay and that I was changing it to Slay. And I said, well, clearly this doesn't make sense. And so there's a whole debacle, but it got figured out in the end. And so I was number 59 out of 60. So I'm sitting in the back. And, um, you know, it's a whole hodgepodge of people immigrating, truly different ages, different races, you know, different languages. And it's pretty amazing to sit in a courtroom with everybody being so quiet. Talk to me about this guy uh, with the... Yeah, who uh, stepped to me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So once once all the applicants have sat down in the courtroom, uh, then they bring in the family. And not everybody could fit in, you know, like uh, my niece and my baby didn't, didn't come in and my other friend couldn't come in. So there's people sitting right behind me, some of the family. And uh, I take out my phone and I start videotaping just the room and the and the whole size of the people. And um, then I hear some dude behind me going, "Pretty sure you're not supposed to videotape inside a courtroom." Like just being real smug. <laughs> I don't know if he thought I was Eastern European because I'm an immigrant, but I turn right around, I snap my neck back, and I was like, "Excuse me." And he goes, "You're not supposed to." videotape and i said well they said we could take pictures when we're getting our certificate and you said yeah no audio visual though i'm like oh okay and apparently he was correct you weren't supposed to videotape uh and i just you know i was pretty humble about it although i you know my pride was welling up and i wanted to punch this guy but then i gotta remember i'm a girl and so i just turned right around and i thought i was just thinking to myself this guy says one more thing to me i'm gonna lose it and but he didn't but then, so anyways, the ceremony proceeds and the applicants all start getting their certificates. And so people start slowly putting their phones up and recording stuff. And then this guy behind me apparently starts putting his phone up and recording stuff. And I guess all the people around him who witnessed him be rude to me confronted him and said, why are you recording? You were rude to her about recording. Goes, well, everybody else is doing it. So, you know, the people really had my back on that one. Real classic kind of move where it's like he's stepping to you because he's surrendering to the pressure. He wants to film. Right. 
but because they've told him not to, he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. Now, I'm down with you not doing I'm down with rule following. I am down with rule following. But it's like, what business is it of his if you're videoing? It was inside of him that he wanted to film. So he was like, I want to film. and But they told us not to. And now yeah. she's filming. Yeah. And I want to be doing it. And then when, when everybody else is finally doing it, then he's like, okay, I guess I will do it. Right. His his whole morality and ethics just crumbled. You could just see he was a hollow shell of a soul, you know, for him to just step to me and then so quickly rescind his, you know, offense at me videotaping because he wanted to videotape. It's just like, mm -hmm. you're not even a real man. Like mm -hmm. you should have just not videotaped out of spite towards me to just prove your point. But now you've just shown how hollow you are. Yeah. And um, it was pretty satisfying for me. And it was pretty satisfying that people were coming to my aid as well because they saw that I'm, uh, you know, I'm a rebel. I'm a risk taker. I'll take videos in a courtroom during my own citizenship, risk losing my citizenship. But it was an honest. Videos that I've not even seen yet. I don't even know if they were any good. They weren't worth even sharing. <laughs> they weren't that good. It was just yeah. a bunch of people sitting quietly in a courtroom. Yeah. Because he said there's no audio visual. I'm like, well, to be honest, there's no audio because everyone's just been being quiet. But. Um, you know, it was an honest mistake because I was just confused because you could take pictures. You just couldn't take video for some reason. So I was, you know, they're just saying they're throwing so much at me. I'm tired. I can hear my baby crying in the other room. My boobs are leaking. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, and then a really upsetting thing happened to me, um, after the ceremony though. So me and my family and my whole crew are just standing out there mm. and this older lady comes up and she starts how old is she? she i'd say she's between 65 and 70 okay and she comes up to us and she was sort of part of the ceremony like she was handing all of us um like american flags as we're walking out the door like she was part of some group right like some ladies of america group or something you know so she comes up to us and she's being real friendly and sweet and she goes well it's just such an honor and she's saying things like america's not perfect but we're aiming for perfection like she's just saying all these like little colloquialisms or whatever and, and so I'm, you know, getting in on that and I'm just kind of chatting with her and I'm just on a high and we're all just, and there's a lot of people around and the kids are around. And then she sort of says something, um, like, well, it looks like you're uh, keep in mind, uh, with us is our niece who's 21. Yeah. And she's, and my niece is holding my, my newborn baby. And then I got my toddler Daisy probably in my arms. And, she, and uh, I say something like, well, my kids, I, I think I even said like, yeah, my kids were Americans before me. Uh, and then she goes, well, looks like your grandkids will just follow in your footsteps. <laughs> the whole interaction doesn't even make sense. This lady is crazy. But, and I go, grandkids. And she goes, yeah, your grandchildren here. I'm like, these are my children. And, and then she kind of just starts mumbling something. And she could probably tell by the look on my face that I wanted to smack her. And she's like, well, I wasn't trying to age you up or anything. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, well, you didn't need to try. You just did. You just told me I look like my kid's grandmother for heaven's sake. And, um, you know, it's one of those. Welcome to America. Yeah. It's like one of those situations where, you know, you're, you're having a, just a fine conversation and then it turns quick mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, I actually hate this person. There's some venom in my tongue towards this lady mm -hmm. right now. Cause you know, no woman wants to be thought of as old. And, and I definitely don't want to think that she thinks that I'm my kid's grandmother. So, so it's a day I'll never forget. 
Well, that's wild. And I tried talking to you about it because you made a, you're back on Instagram a little bit and you made a video yeah. about it. Your video was very funny. Yeah. And uh, so, so I was talking to you about it and then it was clear that it was very upsetting to you. <laughs> and the more I tried to calm you down, the more upset it seemed to make you. So we just backed out of it and we haven't talked about it until this moment. Yeah. I'm back into thinking it's funny. It is funny because you, and I'm not just saying this because you're my wife, but you don't look like your kid's grandmother unless i'm standing next to rachel who's 21 holding my baby well it's like that's the thing right you could, I could have an, a you could have had rachel yeah. at 16 or 17 yeah and then rachel could have a two-year-old baby right now yeah so it's not unheard of yeah and i'm not upset i know i'm an older mom i know i had my kids when i was over 35 i'm not like in denial about it but it's just like you know, I've been thinking about the times where I've put my foot in my mouth too, um, towards other people, you know, and where someone has put their foot in their mouth towards me. We had a podcast about foot in the mouth stuff. Yeah. I thought of another one. It's kind of a dark one though. Okay. Let's hear it though. Well, I was back in my hometown and, um, uh, I was walking home one day and I ran into this girl that I used to be pretty good friends with in high school and I'd not seen her in a long time. And she was like, and this is during the day, but she was sitting outside of a bar and she, she was really happy to see me and I was happy to see her. And she said, you know, so how's your family? You know, um, how's your dad? How's Jake? How's Mark? And uh, Mark is my younger brother who died when I was in high school. And she very much so was a part of that whole thing happening, the car accident. And it was truly bonkers to me that she said that to me because I was just like, Mark? Good grief. He's been dead for 15 years. Oh, and yeah, I didn't say that to her. I was so shocked, but I thought, oh man, like you're on meth or coke or something for you to say something like that to me. And I wasn't even like mad at her. I was just truly like, oh, she's really taken a turn in her life for her to have made that kind of faux pas. Yeah. So. Wow. So I felt bad for her. That's a, her foot in her mouth situation. And then, um, yeah. So, you know, it happens. That's what I hope. That's what I hope the citizenship situation with that old lady saying that to me remains for her, that she just lives with that guilt of saying that to me for the rest of her life. I hope so, too. Yeah. I hope, I she hope she's thinking about it right now. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, with me this weekend, I had, you know, a couple of interactions at the airport. Uh, nothing wild, but. The Toledo airport apparently has closed or there's virtually no flights going into Toledo. So I had to uh, fly to Detroit, rent a car, and then drive an hour to get to Toledo. So I did that all no problem. I stopped in at this town in Michigan called Monroe, Michigan. I was just looking for a little dispensary to pick myself up a little CBD, you know what I mean? And I, I pull into this, I just typed it into Google, found a place, pulled into Monroe, Michigan. And when I got off, this entire exit was just dispensaries. The whole There was like seven or eight dispensaries right there. This entire area was abandoned. There was, uh, there was a shopping center that was completely abandoned except for a, a dispensary right there in the middle that said the House of Dank. 
Uh, there was a McDonald's that was closed down, wow. like a Burger King that was closed down. I don't know how you open eight dispensaries and the McDonald's closes. I was happy to see it. I don't think I've ever seen a closed down McDonald's. And it was uh, exciting, you know, and I pulled into one of those places. I went to the House of Dank. I wanted to see what was going on in there. And the guy in front of me, everybody looks rough. Everybody in there looks rough. It is a, a wild place. And I'm sure to the people in there, I was just another rough looking character. Okay. And, uh, uh, the guy in front of me had neck tattoos and then he started like, not like, like, uh, cool neck tattoos, like probably was in jail a little bit, not prison, but maybe in jail a little bit and got some neck tattoos. They're faded. And he was talking like the guy who did our fence in, um, McMinnville. Yeah. And, uh, we're scared of him a little bit. Yeah. And we were talking, he started talking to me and he was telling me about the deals they have in there. And he said, they have a deal where they give you 15 joints, pre-rolled joints for $20. I'm like, well, I don't need 15 joints, you know, but that's a good deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's tough to pass Even up. Even if you didn't smoke weed, yeah. you got to get those joints. So, you know, I was really in there looking for some edibles, you know, edibles are a nice relaxing time. So, but I was like 15 joints for 20 bucks. I can't turn it down. I'm about to do a weekend of comedy. I'll be hanging out with other comics. So I went ahead and picked that up. And then I got a few bags of edibles and then they gave me free weed because it was my first time being in there. Oh, wow. I got all of this stuff for $50. I mean, it is unreal how much stuff I got for $50. They're just giving it away in Michigan. I mean, Colorado is a great place for dispensaries, but Michigan is holding their own in there. I mean, they're crushing it. Yeah, that sounds like, that almost sounds just like, if they're starved, are they starved for business? The place was packed. Oh, gosh. The place was packed. There was a line to get up to the counter. And, then, and there's eight dispensaries around. Maybe they're not just selling weed. Maybe they're selling other stuff behind the counter and the weeds at front. So that's why they're giving her Maybe. Away. Maybe I was the only one in there just getting weed. Yeah. They were like, oh, who's this guy from out of town? Yeah. But, and then, so then I went on to Toledo. We hung out. It was a great time. And then um, uh, on the way, oh, also I went to this restaurant. I'm probably going to try to do jokes about both of these things. So I don't know why I'm just burning it on the podcast, but I'm just talking. Um, but I went to a place with Derek's parents called, uh, it was a restaurant called Hangover Easy, right? Which is a, you know, a real play on words. Do you have a hangover and then over easy like the eggs? So it's just real play on. And I just thought of it as like just playing into more of, Hey, we're all drunk, right? We're all drunk and we're trying to eat some food. And I had saw it the other day and I thought, what a stupid name for a restaurant. But then when Derek's parents, they were just trying to find something close to us. So they picked that place. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And and inside, I'm reading the menu. And I get to a place where they're like, you know, you can get eggs. And it says eggs and hoe fries. Like H-O-E, hoe fries. And I was like, I was like, you mean home fries? I was like, is this a typo? But apparently, it's hang over easy they're playing off the initials h-o-e mm -hmm. so they got a lot of hoe material in there oh, yeah. they had a shirt that said ho io in mm -hmm. there they had um 
Sure. Let's see. I took a few pictures of some shirts. Let's see if I can pull some of them up. Some of their slogans here. I get it. I get it too. Yeah. I mean, I know you get it, but I'm going to try to find. Oh, here's one. It's pretty funny. The, uh, the, the, the girls working there, the front of their shirts over the, like, you know, the pocket or over one boob just says ho H O E employees only. Okay. All right. And then, this shirt that that they're selling says every hoe loves breakfast. <sighs> yeah, we got to get some feminists in there and maybe picketing that that restaurant. <laughs> and this says hoes and we've got hoes in different area codes. So I guess they got a few throughout Ohio. Okay. And then this is the one that says Ohio. And then there was another one. Yeah, homemade chorizo, uh, hoe fries, and and then the the thing that I actually did get. Uh, was a homemade slow roasted corned beef. It was delicious. It was unbelievable. But it says homemade corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> see, a restaurant like that's only going to be in the north, though. You're not going to see something like that in the south. Well, maybe that, you're that, right. That's going to make too many southerners. Unless just it's Hooters, their but yeah, yeah. But it, Hooters about as far as it'll go. But it, but the thing that, that for me is like this place is not advertising itself as an adult place. Hooters is Hooters yeah. is like strip club light. At least it used to be where it's like you know what you're walking into here. Yeah, there was a Mexican restaurant that I went to. Not Mexican. It was you know Mexican themed uh, tacos and whatnot. Um, I don't even think, uh, you know, Mexicans, I don't think they're going to go for it, but this place, it had a lot of adult themes in there. I think we might've talked about this on here, but they had, I don't remember exactly what the shirt said, but it's like, uh, I, I suck, I lick, I swallow. Right. But in fine print, you can see they're talking about a tequila shot where it's like, I, uh, um, you know, uh, I swallow the tequila, I suck the lime, I lick the salt. But the, all the extras were in real fine print. But on the back of the employee shirt, all you saw was I suck, I lick, I swallow, right? And it's like, I mean, it's like, come on, people. I'm, I'm bringing my kids you, in here. You're just asking for so much, too. Like, you're just going to get people that are getting drunk in there and then making all these innuendos and bad jokes to the wait staff and to other yeah. people sitting in there because they think, well, this is the place to do it. Look right. at all this stuff. Now, that uh. food in that, that place that I went to, the taco place, I thought their food was terrible. And I was like, you did all this just to have this terrible food. Hangover easy was delicious. The hoes, no. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I can talk smack about their whole uh thing but brand. their whole theme brand but their food was delicious yeah and i hate breakfast places and i was like wow this is really great yeah you've been on the record about hating breakfast yeah so. it was really great i only went because you know Derek's parents i met them a few times Derek's dad used to come out to his stepdad used to come out to shows in charleston they used to live there and i really like them so i wanted to hang out with them and you know a free breakfast you know what i mean who, yeah. who can turn it down mm-hmm. uh but um so on my so when I left uh, Toledo, I'm driving back to the airport, and we get and Derek rides with me back. His flight's about the same time, so we're taking two different airlines. And we get to Enterprise. I drop off the car, and they go, "All right." He goes, he asked what airlines we had: American, JetBlue, and then he goes, "All right, you're going to be not this shuttle that's here right now, but the next shuttle." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So that shuttle leaves, and we wait for a little while. 
And then this shuttle comes, and the guy opens the door, and he's like, uh, Delta? And then we go, uh, Derek goes, you going to JetBlue? He goes, no, this is Delta. I go, not American? He goes, no, it's Delta. I go, well, listen, they told us that this is going to be the shuttle. And he's grumbling, oh, we go to Delta here. And I'm like, well, listen, don't act like I'm asking stupid questions here. The guy told me the next shuttle, that's you, the next one, was going to be our airlines. Don't get an attitude with me like I'm out here, don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to clear it up. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get to the airport. You can't talk to people that work in the airport. You cannot talk to them. Then that shuttle leaves. The next one comes, opens the door. I go, American Airlines? He goes, no, Delta. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm ready to blow up on this guy. And he goes, well, I said, he goes, are you waiting, on, you waiting on Delta? I go, yeah, they told us it was the next one. You're the second one after the next one. And he goes, all right, just get in. I'll take you there. <laughs> <laughs> so probably the first one could have took it. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, actually, that guy did go, well, just get in. I'll take you to both. And I go, nah, we'll wait. Because mm. that guy really made me oh, mad. Oh, wow. You got prideful. The guy, the next guy, that guy really made me mad. I was like, yeah. nah, there's no way I'm riding in this thing with you. It's not a trip home without you getting upset with someone right. or some situation and then me having to deal with it when I'm driving you home from Nashville Airport. So then I get to American Airlines and they have a priority line, right? I'm priority. I'm a priority customer and I get in the priority lane. Now the priority lane betrays me all the time, but it's like this. It's either you go to the priority lane and they print your ticket out for you. They do all that for you. Or you go to this kiosk where every time the kiosk is some weird way, they're like, enter your record locator. I'm like, what record locator? Who has that? How about ticket number or anything like that? And it's always some weird fiasco. The screen doesn't work well. I'm touching on it. And you touch it one time and it's not hard enough. The next time you touch it, it's too hard. And now you've went to two or three screens. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait. So I'm just waiting. There's only one person in line and there's a guy up at the counter. And this guy is old and he's, I don't know, I couldn't tell, German or something like that. He he doesn't speak English uh, very well. And, you know, and I feel bad for him, but it's like, you know, if, if you don't, if you're going to be unclear on the rules, there's things you can read online before getting to the airport. And the lady's like, your bag's too big. You have to check the bag. And then she goes, well, it's overweight too. So you're going to have to pay extra or you got to take some stuff out. So the guy's like off to the side, just like, and we've been waiting for a while and he's just trying to figure this out. And I, I kind of yell over the girl in front of me. I'm like, is there any way we can just go, you know, while he's figuring this out? And the girl in front of me turns and she goes, I think he can go over, you know, like I go, I understand how it works, but I think it's ridiculous that we have to wait for him to figure out what he's got going on just so we can get checked in. Mm -hmm. And then that girl goes up. They finally open another register. She goes up. She's got a bunch of problems. Mm -hmm. They're like, you need to contact your travel agent, lady. So the lady telling me how to work, work it is also confused. And then I get up there. Two seconds. We're in and out. We're in and out. I go in. I sit down, I make myself a sandwich. It's all great. You should have turned around, flipped the bird to both of them and say, that's how it's done, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't understand why everybody has all these problems all the time. 
It's always people with problems. Right. Well, I just, they're, they're confused. They're on drugs. They're yeah. tired. They're, they're sick. I do take for granted sometimes how much I travel that like, I was just thinking about it. Rachel here, my niece is talking about driving and, you know, talking about getting, you know, confused at, at, you know, certain intersections, not intersections, but like if she goes to a really busy kind of interstate area and it, it made me really think about, um, like, like me being, um, in the car honking at someone and it being like my niece who's like, I'm just nervous. <laughs> I know you've said that to me about yes. you before. Yes. But you're fine though. You've been driving all over the country. Oh gosh, Dusty. I, I have not the words to respond to thee. I have not the words. I mean, since I already brought it up on this podcast, you know, I had two family members die in a car accident. And I'll remind that of Dusty when he's being wild, running people over on the road. And then that's what you'll say to me. You're fine. Just callous. Well, you're fine. uh, Tuck that trauma down. Well, it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting people with my car out here. No, not yet. I'm just not uh, yet. But I just got, I, you know, I've been doing, I've been trying to write jokes about road rage and stuff. So I don't want to go too far into it on the podcast. That's part of the problem with the podcast. When I think of funny things, I'm like, well, I want to do that on my stand up. Well, you still can. I mean, it's like you're just, you're saying it out once here. It's like, and the thing is with your road rage, I think you should talk about it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you say that road rage. You know, I did a public speech on road rage. Before I drove, I was in grade Let me ask you this. Six. Uh, the definition of rage is violent, uncontrollable anger. You think that's what's going on in the car? Violent, uncontrollable anger? I would say it's contained, uh, uncontrollable anger. I would say what it is, is an extreme irritation. Well, it's violent in the sense that there's no talking you down, and you're always right, and and I'm that. scared. So that last one is your own emotions. Other people, there's absolutely no one that gets in the car with you that doesn't agree with me. I will agree that I'm no one is on your side on this if they've driven with you. I'll agree that I'm a maniac. There you go. But I'm not angry. You, You you told me like last week you almost got out of your car with another individual and had it out with them. I don't think and so. And that's not the first time that's no, happened. No, that's not true. Well, something like that happened. No, I was driving uh, to go pick up some shelves because when I went to get the pantry, I forgot the shelves. I didn't, well, I did forget the shelves. So I was going back to get the shelves and I'm just driving along and there's this long line of traffic to get off the interstate where I need to get off. But there's a huge gap in between this one car and this other car. So I just get in and I'm talking on the phone with my mom. Uh, I'm not. And then I look in the rearview mirror and the guy's like right on me. He's got his hands up. He's all mad. He's look, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I just got real slow. <laughs> That's what you do. Because it's like, dude, I did play games, but I did not cut him off. He's playing the game. I'm regulating here. I'm not just gonna, (laughs) I'm not just gonna lay down for the guy and let him step to me like that. So I just, I got real slow. And then when he would, and then I would speed up so that he wouldn't, you know, pass me or whatever. 
And then, and then I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm punishing this guy for overreacting. And then he finally speeds up and gets in front of me. So then I get out of my lane and I go way ahead of him, way down the traffic lane. And I just get in somewhere else. I'm like, dude, I'm the best out here. Okay. The road I've driven my entire life all the time. I was raised on NASCAR and Smokey and the Bandit. I'm the best out here. Okay. I'll get in where I need to get in. Well, I'm just glad there's no children in the car. There's two things I brag about how good I swim and how good I drive. And I won't hear it from other people. Well, good. It's relative. It's like, do you get from point A to point B faster than some people? Yeah. Yes, I do. Do you, you know, give people panic attacks who are driving with you? Do you get an excess amount of tickets? Yes and yes. I don't get an excess amount of well, tickets. I've never gotten a ticket. And you've gotten three in the last year? That's not true. At least two and at least four warnings in total, like two warnings and two tickets. Who? What's a, what's a warning, though? Well, it's, it's saying sharpen up. Well, you know, um, it's saying you're going, it's saying you're breaking the law of this country and citizens have to obey yeah, the law. But no usually, one is though, above the Usually law. I'm getting tickets in a very low speed limit area and I'm just going a little fast for that area. Mm -hmm. It's not like I don't get tickets on the interstate. Listen, I love you. And, uh, you know, I still drive in the car with you. Right now, I still let you drive with our kids in the car, but you know, you you know, you, you get a little. You know, wild. I've been less wild. There's, though. there's you know, I've been less wild with the kids though. There's a gentleness. There's a gentleness to you most of the time, but then there's something that comes out in you when you're driving that I'm like, who is this person? Well, it's just like with traveling in the airport. I do it so much and I've done it so much that I, 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 I try to follow these basic respect rules of the road, right? And so when other people aren't doing it, it really irritates me. Mm -hmm. Like you don't drive in the left lane. You let people over. When people come up behind you in the left lane, you let them over. It's like this general basic rules of the road that people don't follow when they, when the red light turns green and they don't go, I'm like, why are you not going? What are you doing? Yeah. You're sleeping out here. I hear here. that a lot. Go. But, why are you not going? But you're sleeping out here. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of questions I'm trying to ask out here. Yeah. Loud in the car. Well, it's not that loud. Yeah. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Well, um, but let's talk about some good moves that I make out there. Sometimes I make moves where I'm like, you see that move? Well, you do. You're really, really good at like getting off a ramp onto another, like if you're in, if you're traversing the middle of a city and you got to take all these exits off to another interstate, you're really good because that'll get jammed up and bottlenecked and people are just waiting slowly to kind of creep onto the next interstate. You're really good at zooming ahead and button in or zooming and button and zooming and button. Mm -hmm. And you're really good at like, I guess, a leapfrogging through those situations. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll be honest, I mean, you pretty much taught me to drive. I mean, I got my license and then I started dating you basically like a month or two later. And then within six months, I moved to America and I was driving all over American interstates. And, you know, I was a nervous driver. I was 30 when I got my license and you showed me how to do a lot. You know, yeah. to this day, people are impressed that I know how to back in my truck or parallel park. And I'm like, I'm sorry that you're 40 and you don't know how to do that. But that's where we're at today. Mm -hmm. 
You know? So sometimes you're going to get some good with the bad. You know yeah, what I mean? You are. And so, I, yeah. I, I have yet to really get you to admit whether you think I'm a good driver or not. I think you are a good driver. I tell you all the time when you're yelling at people, I'm like, you know what? You'd be yelling at me if you were, if, if you were driving behind me. I do think you're a good driver. It's not that I need to go fast. It's that the patient, the, the, the pace that people are driving out here, it's like, don't, don't ever drive below the speed limit if you're not in the slow lane. It's yeah. like, what are we doing out here? You know, it's just scary, though, because last week I witnessed that hit and run. Yeah. And um, that's the thing that scares me about driving and, and the way you can get into it and playing. I do. I call them these games that you're playing with folks out here because you just don't know who's in Sometimes that car. I do play some games. You don't know who's in that car. We're in the south. You don't know if they got a knife or they got a machete or they got an AR-15. You they don't, don't know, know what they, I got. You don't know if they're going through a divorce. You don't know what kind of pills they're, they're dropping. Like, they, you could have some kind of maniac. You know what I mean? And so it just freaks me out. But anyway, so I Maniac saw, meets maniac. We might be buddies. <laughs> well they yeah. might get out of the car and we give each other a hug yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe uh, that whole game you just at the end of it you gotta just pull over and say shit man i've never seen anyone be as crazy yeah. as me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that could what i'm be. talking about it could that be could be but you know i don't like it i don't like it and you can't play those games with the children no i don't like it either i mean i don't there is something that comes out of me in the car and i'm not saying i like it and i uh enjoy it but you know a lot of times i'm very cool and calm the whole ride i went i drove to nate's house that's about a 35 40 minute drive for me yesterday and it was very calm and, and chill. You know what? The Grateful Dead has really helped me. Oh, yeah. On a good day, jamming to some Grateful Dead, uh, just getting into the vibe. I'm not worried so much about the road out there. Yeah, the Grateful Dead's your little panacea. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it is like, because I really like jazz, but jazz can be too much because there's not enough vocal stuff in there. And classical, I don't find it depressing. You say that, but classical can be heavy. Um, so Grateful Dead is a nice mix, but in the Grateful Dead sounds a little bit country to me. So it's a good balance of all the musics that I like. It's like Grateful Dead to me is like classic rock, country, classical, jazz, all rolled into one. Now I've, uh, in contrast, I've tried to listen to Fish a little bit because I was always against the Grateful Dead and I lumped Fish and the Grateful Dead together. And so I put on the fish channel on Sirius XM. I still can't do fish. I'm not there yet. You're going to need those 15 joints. Yes. I heard a guy yesterday. Now this, I heard this guy on um, Sirius XM and this song is not on Spotify, but the guy's name is Joshua Ray Walker, country singer. And he sang the song, do you believe in life after love by Cher? Mm. But a country version? I was like, this is a jam. It's a good jam. I love when you take a famous song and then just kind of change it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a guy um, one time, and I played it many times, uh, do um, Kesha uh take it off yeah and i played that one many times on this podcast but i had another guy do that recently because what he was doing was he was on tiktok and he was taking request of a song in the voice of someone else and that's not the direction 
uh, I had before. So I said, saying Kesha, take it off in the uh, voice of Coulter Wall, uh, a Canadian country singer. And it was great. I think I saw that. Yeah, it was a really, it was a hit. One of my favorite comedians, Dusty Slay, requested this song, Take It Off by Kesha, in the style of Coulter Wall. There's a place downtown where the freaks all come around to hole in the wall. It's a dirty free for all. When the dark of night comes around, that's the time that the animal comes alive, looking for something wild. Like pimps in my gold transam Water bottle full of whiskey In my saddle bag There's a place downtown Where the freaks all come around It's a hole in the wall It's a dirty free for all they turn me on when they take it off. There's a place I know you're looking for a show where they go hardcore and there's glitter on the floor and they They take it off um, I'm just going to check on Sam real quick I just I'm having a mom moment Alright we're having a good time Thank mm-hmm. you.